Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What is going on everyone and welcome back to the channel. I hope you're all having an amazing day and welcome to the third episode in the Kevin in a Big Rig series. If you haven't already seen episode one and two, those are up on my channel, but this is episode three in one of the funniest series that I've ever read. If you've got no idea what I'm talking about, well, let me just give you a brief rundown. These posts, including the posts that you're going to see today, all come from one Redditor posted on r slash stories about Kevin. OP is a truck driver detailing his first months on the job, focusing especially on his first ever companion, Kevin. In the last episode, we heard all about how Kevin almost caused the pair of them to freeze to death overnight. But unbelievably, the story you're about to hear about Kevin is even more bamboozling. It just makes no sense. So without further ado, let's get into it. If you haven't already seen episode one and two, links to watch and listen to those are down below. Drop a like on this one if you're excited and subscribe if you haven't already done so. Here we go. Kevin in a big rig part four. First, Kevin gets lost. OP gets an idea. Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another installment of the series, Kevin in a Big Rig. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone who has read my previous episodes and shown more interest and support than I could have ever hoped for. I know a lot of you have been asking questions about how Kevin got away with his stupidity and why I didn't do anything about it. Yeah, that is literally what I was saying at the end of last episode. I apologize for not answering many of you outright, but I can promise that I fully intend to answer all of your questions in these upcoming posts. I can assure you that it will all be worth it. So without further ado, on to part four. First, Kevin gets lost. OP gets an idea. Some backstory. This story takes place a few weeks after the truck heater snafu. While I would like to say that first Kevin learned from his mistakes and tried to do better, it would be more accurate to say that he merely doubled down on his brain-dead antics. In the interim, his driving skills plateaued at noob level, his navigation ability was at potato, and his superiority complex had gone from annoying to insufferable. Despite everything, I was still very much a rookie driver, a peon in a very big company, and most importantly, more broke than MC Hammer. I was afraid that doing anything to rock the boat with management would lead to me being fired in further debt and my truck driving career at an end. To add some perspective to my situation during this, I should mention more about the contract that I had in place with the company at the time. In exchange for free training, I'd agreed to work for the company for eight months. If I quit or was terminated for any reason before that contract was fulfilled, I'd be liable for over $6,000 in tuition fees. Furthermore, since the company owned the trailing facility at which I trained, 
they could refuse to release my CDL school records to any prospective employers unless they bought the contracts. Since most reputable employers required proof of completion of a CDL school and were unwilling to make such an investment in a relatively inexperienced driver, I was stuck and pretty much at their mercy. This is the dark truth that many supercarriers such as Swift, Werner and CRST will not tell you when they promise you a rewarding career and free training. In short, I was pretty much powerless. But that was about to change and in some strange way I have the first kevin to thank for that the morning on which this story takes place started out like pretty much every other day for the past two months Kevin finished his shift and me waking up to see what kind of fresh hell of a mess I had to sort out The day before we'd picked up a load in pennsylvania with me doing the initial pickup I had gotten us just across the state line into ohio before going off duty Just before picking up said load, I'd filled the fuel tanks completely and burned maybe a quarter of a tank before going off duty. The next fuel stop was in less than 400 miles. We had more than enough fuel to get there. Again, Kevin had ended his shift with no clue where we were. No surprise there. A quick look out of the window. Oh, we're on the shoulder of a highway. What a completely unexpected and unprecedented development. Yawn. Fine, let's get this over with. By this point, I'd already purchased my own truck-enabled GPS. Kevin, apparently upset that I didn't recognize his obviously superior ability, had thrown a tantrum and demanded I no longer use his GPS because he would work out the routes. Yeah, right. He gets out of the driver's seat and, like the petulant man-child he was, he took his GPS from the mounts. A trick I learned from my trainer was, when using a GPS, enter the departure and destination and then add each assigned fuel stop in order as waypoints in the routes. This forced the GPS to stay on the company route 90% of the time. Also, our fuel payment cars would only work at the assigned fuel stops, so it made life easier just to follow it. Having to get fuel elsewhere needed a valid reason, assistance from dispatch, and it often carried a lecture about the importance of the company-assigned routes. I had tried to teach this trick to Kevin, but because he had so much more experience than I did, a full month, he felt he didn't need to listen to me. I set up my GPS and hit the current location function. This, of course, as routine, as Kevin never had any clue where we were. I'd already familiarized myself with the route and knew which highways, towns, and cities I could use to help get my bearings. This time, however, I was completely stumped. I'd expected that Kevin would have gotten at least as halfway into Illinois, but the GPS had us in some small town in Indiana. Also, it wasn't a town I'd seen on either the GPS route or the paper map that I routinely used to verify the GPS. Okay, that was odd. I look again at the GPS for a highway number or street name. Again, though, nothing on it that it showed me made any sense. I go back to the navigation page where it showed the distance to the next checkpoint, which would have been our next fuel stop. This didn't make sense either, as it was showing close to 500 miles to go to the first fuel stop, not the second. That had to be a mistake, I think, since there was no way that we could be further from the fuel stop than when I went off duty. Was there? I sit in the driver's seat for about five minutes, trying to make sense of what the GPS is telling me. I'd almost convinced myself that the GPS didn't log us reaching the fuel stop and was trying to backtrack. I was about to force it to reroute the second fuel stop when I, by chance, happened to check the fuel gauge and my bottom jaw hit the floorboard. Where once the needle had been just above the three-quarter line, it was now showing less than a fourth of a tank. By my estimates, that was good for about 100 miles safely. 
something was very, very wrong. Kevin, where the hell are we? I asked, knowing it was in vain. I don't know, he replied, testily. He'd been growing more indignant ever since the heater fiasco. Did you get to the first fuel stop? No. Did you get lost again? He didn't respond right away. I was following the company route, he finally replied. Proudly. BS. Because we are very low on fuel and further away from the fuel stop than when you started. He looked stunned. Apparently, he hadn't realized that fact. How bad is this guy at his job, by the way? Goodness me. I turned back to my GPS and take a look at the map and everything became clear. We were way off course. About 300 miles from the interstate we were supposed to be on. I didn't know how, but we were well and truly lost. Lost, low on fuel, in the Midwest, and well into the wintertime. F my life. I decided to abandon getting back on the assigned route. Kevin had wasted his entire shift with his unplanned detour, and I didn't want to make the situation even worse. I tell the GPS to search for nearby truck stops. It takes a few moments, but the patron saint of truckers had not abandoned me. There was a Flying J truck stop less than 20 miles away. I tell the GPS to take me there and send an urgent message to dispatch. I tell them we need our fuel card unlocked for that location and that we are dangerously low on fuel. To my surprise, Kevin did not like this idea. We have to stick to the company route. If we run out of fuel, it's the company's fault. Company route? I scoff. You got us lost again. You have no idea where we are again. I have to spend half my day correcting your F-ups again. Right now, the company route doesn't mean a dang thing because I have no clue where we are. What I do know is we need fuel and now. Kevin starts sulking. Well, if we get in trouble, it's on you. Fine by me, I reply, and I get us going. My reasoning is that if I run out of fuel at a truck stop after requesting the fuel cards open, dispatch would have to explain why they didn't allow it. Running a semi out of fuel requires some very expensive emergency road service. However, if I run out of fuel while going down the highway, I'll have to explain to dispatch, the safety department, and the highway patrol as to why I couldn't read a fuel gauge. I voted to minimize my responsibility and at least get somewhere where there is some available. The last thing I wanted to do was repeat what happened in that dealership parking lot. About a half hour later, we get to the truck stop. It's early morning, so several other trucks are already refueling and we have to wait in line. I checked the computer and to my surprise, dispatch approved fuel purchase, but was concerned as to how we got so far off course. I replied that I just came on duty and that Kevin was the one who got lost again. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I didn't expect anything of this since the night shift dispatchers didn't handle things like employee discipline or service records. When the time comes, I top the tanks. Almost 150 gallons of diesel and I try to figure out what I can do to get us back on track. After driving about five hours, I finally get us back on course and decide to take my legally required break. As I go to put myself off duty, I notice an important message has come from dispatch. It's from my fleet manager. 
roughly equivalent to a supervisor. Call me ASAP was all it said. Oh, great, I say. I take my phone, step out of the truck, and make the call. What are you two doing? How did you end up so far off your route? Did you follow the route we gave you? What do you mean, fleet manager? Well, Kevin says that you've been ignoring the company routes. That's why you've been getting lost. That explains it. Kevin, the little weasel, sent her a text message with some made-up story. My blood started to boil. Fleet manager, first of all, I have no clue what happened. When I finished my shift yesterday afternoon, everything was fine. We were on course and I had plenty of fuel. I woke up this morning on the side of a two-lane highway in the middle of bumfrick, Indiana, with no clue how I got there, running on fumes. That is why I sent the message to have the fuel cards opened. Well, you two are a team, so you have to work together. I take a deep breath fighting back the urge to launch into a verbal tirade that would surely get me fired. But fleet manager, you know what Kevin is like. Well, just figure it out. She hangs up and I have to fight the urge to throw my phone across the parking lot. A short time later, I return to the truck and make ready to head back out. Kevin is sitting in the passenger seats, his precious notebook in hand. He's trying to hide a poop-eating grin on his face, but his 1970s porn star moustache gives it away. So... He said you're gonna follow the company route you're a company driver so you gotta follow the company route he then hands me his notebook open to the page he had written down the route i take it and throw it in the back listen to me you idiot you're not my boss you're not my trainer i don't take orders from you from now on i'll drive the truck my way you drive it yours unless it's an emergency keep your cock holster mouth shut for a moment he looks terrified then petulant as he goes back to the bunk. Good riddance. For the rest of the day, I go through everything that had happened over the past two months. When I think that, after all the times that I had to babysit a supposedly more experienced partner, I get blamed for everything going wrong, I just get more and more upset. But since I'm a broke newbie driver under a hobbling contract with no support from anyone, what can I do? I need to get away from this clown, but how? If only there was some way I can prove that he's effing up. I'm just a truck driver. And that is when it hit me. I wasn't always a truck driver. Before I started driving, I was a manager at a steel mill. I was an engineer by trade and my previous job had me dealing with safety and environmental regulations, quality control, OSHA, DOT, and my least favorite, corporate bureaucracy. Corporate corporation. The company I was driving for was a corporation with a hierarchy of increasingly incompetent managers, VPs, and directors who will be slow to take responsibility, but first to demand someone else to do so. However, I happen to know how to get their attention. Documentation. But what I needed was something to document. Cue my other valuable skill set, investigation. Part of my old job had been to investigate accidents, chemical spills, defective products, etc., and find out what happened why it happened, and how to prevent it in the future. In doing this, I learned that the more details you gather, the better. Dates, times, names of witnesses, photos, video, ambient air temperature, tea price in Bangladesh, if it was even remotely relevant, write it down. Best of all, I was really good at it, often finding problems that everyone else overlooked. So the two pieces of a plan began to form. First off, I would need to observe everything that Kevin did and said. 
looking for something that I could use to prove just how incompetent he truly was. In addition, every time he got lost or went off route, I would take a picture with my phone of the truck's computer logs showing the GPS pings and their timestamps, along with a photo of his daily driver log. Kevin would be under investigation and not even know it. I finished my drive shift and go off duty. Before I go to sleep, I decide to check the computer records to see exactly what Kevin did the night before that got us so very lost. According to the GPS pings, he had, for some reason, turned off the interstate and driven close to 500 miles with over 150 miles going in the opposite direction than the way we needed to go. I took snapshots of the ping and Kevin's driver logs, showing that he was on duty when it happened. But that wouldn't be enough. I knew. I need more. Much more. So I took an old legal pad and began making a list of everything stupid, dangerous, and dim-witted that Kevin had done. I included dates and times where I could, and I started writing an email. An email that would take a month to complete. And that is where I'm going to end part four. But don't worry, everyone. This story isn't even close to being over yet. Okay, I just don't get it. I said it at the end of last episode, and I'll say it again now, but even stronger. How on earth does this guy still have a job? Surely there's a way that the company, the truck company, can look at the logs themselves and just see that, okay, yeah, one driver, everything is going really smoothly. When they check in, the truck goes where we'd expect it in the time that we'd expect it. Then when they log out and the next guy logs in oh wait everything just goes completely to insert swear word here things go bad pretty much surely you can tell can't you and just say yeah maybe we need to get rid of the guy that is driving 400 miles in the wrong direction costing the company loads and loads of money and then looking at the previous things and hearing what op said just actually being extremely dangerous as well i don't know that's what i'd probably say if i was the fleet manager but yeah maybe it's just easier to say oh just guys sort it out get along you've got to work together and that's it the good thing is now though that opie has at least started to form some sort of plan to, to get this clown gone clown by the way a word that i love but a word that op has used in, in this story so i feel okay using it to describe this kevin but yeah i do actually get it from op's perspective detailing actually how they can't just go you know full guns blazing just say no look this is terrible i'm not doing this anymore telling the company exactly what's going on because there is a real risk of, of losing that training and then your job so i do understand that but yeah with enough evidence surely something will have to change and hopefully in the next episode that will happen that's going to come in the next upload on my channel so make sure that you are subscribed with notifications on so you get notified when that goes live but for now that is going to do it for this one Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you tomorrow with the next part in this story. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.